Hey there, Aligned You listeners. This is Dr. M here and welcome to our Aligned and Thriving season and series of interviews. I am super pumped to be sharing a series of stories and interviews with some amazing humans, people, some who I've admired from a distance for a long period of time, others who I know personally and call dear, dear friends and feel very privileged to do so. This series is designed to actually dive deeper into what allows them to truly live an aligned you and aligned you life and to be thriving, whether that's in their work life, their home life or their play life and working out truly is there common themes or is everyone different and we really do all reach our full potential in our own unique way. Enjoy this season. I've had an absolute pleasure and joy recording it. I'm your host, Dr. M, and you're listening to Aligned You, a podcast designed to assist you to truly be aligned through your body, head, and heart so you can reach your full potential in your own unique way. Hey there, Aligned You listeners, Dr. M here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Aligned and Thriving interview series. This week, I am super excited to have the founder of 25.8, Brady Walker, on with me. Brady is an amazing guy. I've had the pleasure of meeting him on some online courses that we've been doing, and he's based up in Tamworth, but he works with people all around Australia and around the world. 25.8 is about skilling up people to be flexible within their state of being and truly present within their lives. He uses ancient practices of breath work, along alongside modern psychology principles in hypnotherapy to help allow people to tap into the life that they envisage to be their absolute optimum. An absolute pleasure to have you on today's show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the, uh, the call up. Oh, you're welcome. Now we met fairly recently on uh, a Friday night online. Sounds a bit dodge when I say it like that. But <laughs> swipe we, left, swipe right. Well, I did a bit of that last year, but that's not what we were doing the other night and, and it would shock it's the Aligned You. It definitely is another podcast and it would definitely shock the Aligned You listeners if I'd swiped right on you, let me tell you, because that would be a very, not that you're not a very handsome man, Bradley, Brady, it's just, more, it's just more controversial and it would be like the reverse coming out for me if I suddenly had a boyfriend, not a girlfriend. But anyway, I digress early. Uh, we met on one of my dear, dear friend, uh, Pauline Nguyen's roundtable evenings. And uh, part of why I wanted to have you on Aligned You was the premise of the interview series is that I love talking to people that are doing cool stuff, that they're living life in an aligned fashion through their work, home and play. And when you start to recognise that perhaps things weren't going according to how you wanted them to within, whether that's business life or home life, is it willing to blow it up a little bit, if you like, um, to get things Mm. back on track and to be aligned? So after having met you uh, Friday night, a few weeks ago from the time that we were recording this, I thought, you know what, you're going to be a perfect guest for Aligned You. and I really resonate on a couple of different levels of things that you were talking about on that night. So I wanted to dive deeper on, into that. So thanks so much for being uh, on the show. No and I wanted, oh, you, that's awesome. And I wanted to actually start off with, can you give us the listeners a little bit of a background about you? Where did, where did professional life start for you? Um, and then we'll dive into what you're doing these days. Yeah, no worries. Um, I, I finished school in 90. Seven. So depending on the, the demo that's listening, I'm either uh, very old or uh, very young. But um, no, you, you're probably Goldilocks. Yeah. You're probably right in the in the right spot. I have a feeling. <laughs> in, this, in the sweet spot. In yeah, sweet yeah. Spot. So uh, that that makes me 41. Uh, just December gone. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I uh, finished school, and it was a bit of a gypsy growing up. To be fair, my parents uh, went their separate ways when I was eight, and um, we did and stayed with mum. 
um, did the weekend thing for a, a little while there and then, um, yeah, just moved around on the back of mum's sort of job promotions and she was very uh, competent and confident woman in her own right and within business and whatnot and that, that uh, sort of come probably a lot quicker moving back into those spaces, um, you know, in separating from dad. So we moved around and um, she worked for some some pretty decent companies and, and some serious roles so that meant we, we shifted a lot. So... Um, my growing up, I I did sort of do the figures on it once upon a time, but I was at like five schools before year wow. six, you know what I mean? And then, yeah, and then um, I only managed to to um, go to two high schools, which was <laughs> probably an achievement based on the primary school stuff. But um, yeah, I felt like that sort of really uh, was never a bad thing for me. I, I can't say that I enjoyed the first days of school, but um, it was always something that I got on with. And um, then, you know, as I grew up and, and finish school, you're your own person and starting to find that identity. And like most of us, I think we sort of fall into work potentially. Um, I was never bound for uni, not that the, the sort of headspace wasn't there, but I just don't think I was ready to commit. Four years back then felt like a lifetime to sit in one spot. And as I said, I think, um, yeah, if you're sort of familiar with the stars, which I'm not a huge one on, but uh, Sagittarian is definitely one that drifts in the wind a little bit and likes to follow the stars. So um, I did that for a little while and found myself working in facilities management, actually, within uh, aquatic and leisure facilities. Yep. And, um, yeah, and then sort of moved forward a, a couple of years. I was um, the head of water quality for some big places in town. So that sort of facilities management ended up getting narrowed into the management of commercial uh, water, so pool water and whatnot. So I was the head of water quality there at Wet and Wild for a little while on the Gold Coast and headed up Warner Village theme parks. Cool. And, that sounds um, like fun. Was it as fun as it sounds or is, was it actually just a lot of hard work? No, it's actually probably still to date. One, well, outside of what I'm genuinely passionate and stoked on now, it is literally the best job I've ever had. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. You like literally got to be a big kid with some yeah. serious stuff to do every single day. Yeah, 100%. It was like six till two until the park opened was really flat out and then uh, and, and reasonably serious job. Obviously, there's a lot of water there in the sense of, you know, any disease and, and contamination in the water, there's a lot of people that come through the door. So it's definitely a, a reasonably um, responsible job. But, uh, yeah, sort of once that park opened, it was uh, very much just cruising around and enjoying the sun, which was lovely. Very, very nice. Um, and so what, so what did you get up to after you, were, you had your serious big kid job? Yeah, I, um, I moved away from it. It was ultimately, uh, you know, I think I've always had that intuitive self. It didn't really resonate with me on a... a on a sort of sense of what next and what bigger and what else was out there. And I moved on and I established a business uh, where I am now in Tamworth uh, with my wife, Jess, who's a physio. And we opened up a, um, what I guess for, for um, terminology sake, a, a um, functional training gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, that's been my last sort of uh, five years. I mean, the process we discussed the other night briefly, but in the process of selling that now and selling the gym side of things, my wife, Jess will stay in the physio and Pilates studio um and yeah i think um you know it's it's anyone in small business or has started from scratch like i literally started with one client in a garage once upon a time and then moved it on and now it's sort of like in and around 200 members and it's got the physiotherapy and the pilates studio doing its thing and we've got exercise phys staff there and you know we employ sort of nine ten people i think it is these days yeah cool so it's um you know, it takes a lot of energy, that stuff. 
a lot of energy. Absolutely. And so one of the things you said the other night, uh, which I thought was intriguing, is that you were quite disillusioned. And if you, I'd love you to speak into this a little bit because I think it's really interesting, is you're quite disillusioned with the fitness industry as a whole. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was a big drive um, and I, I probably didn't consciously know it at the, at the time. And my attention for people was always to offer something better. And, um, you, you know, I think the, fi- the fitness industry preys on a lot of people, unfortunately. I think it's uh, something that's built out of um, monetizing people's, you know, uh, lack of self and scarcity and a lot of uh, their approach to holistic just wellness and, and emotional stability in their life. You know, I soon opened the doors and um, as I said, started off with next to no clients, but there was a common story coming through the door and um, it was quite often that uh, people were coming quite scared to start with, like really quite intimidated as to perception of what the gym is on or fitness is on a sort of face value. And then to have someone in there that wanted to break down a bit of the, the BS of fitness and talk quite plainly about, the fact that I didn't like the industry was really re- refreshing to people. Mm. Um, and, it, and it really did trouble me and it still does. Like I, I genuinely care for people and obviously what I do now is, is really in that realm. But I, f- I feel for people like a real heartfelt space for people that aren't feeling good enough to show up in their life, you know. And, you know, when we talk about health and wellness, it's, it's kind of like matched by the perfect filter or the perfect background and, and all the rest of it. And we still try to dress it up. But at the end of the day, when people are putting heads on pillows and maybe they're physical as they were in a relationship or someone's looking elsewhere or, um, you know, you're just looking in the mirror and wishing you had sort of 10 years back, um, it's, there's a lot at stake for people. There's a lot of emotional and mental wellness that goes with just feeling good enough to turn up and be a better self in your life. Mm. and um, I found fitness, you know, like a lot of people that aren't disconnected know whether it's a walk or whether it's a gym session or, or whatever it is, um, you know, those sorts of things are real insights beyond just getting a sweat on and hoping you lose three or four kilos along the way. It's um, a real connection to self and I think um, drags out a, um, a self-worth that is often missing when people do come in to try and create change for themselves. I think that's such a a valid point and I think it's such an important point and I know um, I certainly discuss it a lot on Aligned You in terms of the reason why we do things and I know one of the the gyms that I used to train at when I used to live down the coast, they they ran a lot of challenges. It's the business Mm. model of the particular gym. Fabulous facility, best trainers in there Um, and it was always interesting because as the challenges would roll around and and people would be part of the chit-chat within the gym. It was a really great community that was part of the gym but part of the chit-chat of the gym would be, are you doing the the challenge this time around, Dr. M? It's like, well, no, I'm, I'm training for life. And they'd be like, what? And I'm like, well, I'm in here because this actually keeps me strong for work and it actually enables me to have a level of fitness. It means I can look after my clients and I can speak on stage without puffing and all of those sorts of things. And, and you'd get this quizzical look back often. And the more I said it, the more people just expected that answer from me. But it's, it's so interesting because it's, for most people, it's not their natural response. Their natural response is, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm in this fear state of I've got to lose, I've got to shred, I've got to smash myself. Um, and I find it so fascinating because smashing yourself is really not sustainable. Yeah, it's not. And it's, um, you know, it, it's kind of when people really start to get, you know, I, I 
have never had scales in the gym. I'll be the last person that checks a fat percentage. I'll be the last person that asks you an ideal or goal weight. Like I just have never done that to people because, you know, I think in those challenges and, and as such, like there's a million different examples of those sorts of things, but the challenges are perfect. Um, you kind of, in some sense, it, it might be a bit of a carrot, but it's a very dangerous carrot as well because you're put, pitting people against, you, you're kind of encouraging that, that benchmark against someone else that's then potentially going to derail completely someone's want to even be involved in their life in that capacity. Mm. Um, and, it, and it can very quickly revert people back to feeling that they don't have enough of a space or that worth diminishes to the point where they drop out and they don't come back or, or and, you know, ultimately, like, I think it's a, it is genuinely, and as I said, I talk passionately about it, but I mean, people are dying from not, participating in their health it's a mm. disgrace like it's a it's a real shame and you you only have to look at stats in whether it's places like this in regional towns and whatever and i touched on it like you've got heart attacks that take 75 percent of the population or there's smoking per capita that's higher than you know other parts of you know the world and it's like when are we going to um buy in enough to ourselves with some sort of attention and care that we understand that you know you not to sort of use the old words, but you really are only here for one crack, depending on what yeah. your beliefs are. And, and you need to have, a, have a, a happy life, you know, and that's all it comes down to. Well, I think whatever your belief system is, you've got what you've got one go in this body. Yeah, Regardless that's of whether for you sure. feel if you, whether you feel like you get multiple goals from a soul level is one go in, one go in this human form. And I think it's interesting something you touched on, um, and I'd love your take on it. Given well, number one, how the hell did you end up in Tamworth? Um, <laughs> yep. We see it's number one question. Yeah, how did you end up in there? And then yeah. the second part to that, uh, this will be a two part question, Brady. Is the second part to that question is what do you see differently being in regional? Australia about how people are actually looking after their health. Um, I'd, I'd love your take on that. Yeah, great question. Um, Tamworth came about for us, I guess. Um, I was here in, in the wrap up of some work that I was on with. A, was it was it a, a great love of country music, or was it for something else? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't the country music that drew me drew me here. But <laughs> thank um, God. No, I was on the yeah yeah I was on the back of a um, working contract with a company out of Sydney, and uh, the last sort of six months of it or so, I was based here. So I did move out here. Um, and, and coincidentally, Jess finished her, my wife finished her um, physiotherapy study through Newcastle Uni and uh, they have quite a big and an amazing setup actually with the hospital here and a, and a Newcastle Uni hub here. So she spent her fourth year here um, and coincidentally, it just all worked out. Um, so yeah, we sort of stuck around. We just had a network. It was one of those things that probably evolved a little bit. Um, Jess is originally from um, a town a couple of hours away from from here so um, yeah it was kind of a, a place that we had a network we could make a start um, but we weren't also in everybody's pockets to feel like we had no space to do our own thing as a as a couple and a you know family to come and those sorts of things so that's Tamworth does it light my fire definitely not and we spoke about that sort of in brief as well I need to uh, and we both do we really are uh, desiring to get out so that's something that we're working on and freedoms of the business yeah um and the last part of it in your question um regional health re regional health um listen tamworth is probably i would say on on the front foot comparative with some towns 
uh, out this way that are smaller again. Tamworth's at around 60 plus thousand, I think, at the moment. Mm. If you take some of the smaller villages, et cetera, in, they call them villages still, but, you know, spots that have got three to four thousand or maybe even less. Um, but, you know, there's still such an old school mentality here and um, socioeconomically, it's traditionally not, you know, it's, it's definitely changing. I mean, there's a, there's a cafe scene, there's a restaurant scene that's popping up. There's plenty of people that are wanting to make tree changes that have been, for example, stuck in the middle of Bondi where it takes, you know, 40 minutes and 16 sets of red traffic lights to go and get the milk. Mm. Um, and they they can come and, and sell a house for a million dollars and buy five acres for 600,000 with a five, you know, bedroom house on it. So yeah. in some sense with the way work is and these things these days, it's really appealing, but, um, yeah, you know, health wise, it's, it's, it's not a healthy place, not based in, I guess what there is to do or facilities around or exposure to different sort of aspects of life. But I think it's, it's a little bit old school. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of that catch up where it's still, still kind of really Aussie to be a little bit bogan and a little bit uh, tough and those sorts of things that still keep people in certain. So would you say that the old school mindset is more of a reactive mindset versus being proactive? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And you know, like knowing what I know about people, it's a lot of, it's just scared to change. It's, it's generational sort of stuff that's handed on and um, for much that is changing, there's just as much that sort of doesn't, you know, well, so um, then my, that leads me so, into yeah. some of the work that you do now. How crazy do the locals think you are when you start talking about the power of breathing? <laughs> yeah, pretty loco, pretty loco. <laughs> um, What's your nickname around town, yeah. Brady? There's got to be one, surely. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I'm probably one of those <laughs> nicknames that no one wants to share with me, I'd suggest. <laughs> you got it. That's, that's your next task, figure out what it is. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to do some snooping. So, um, no, but listen, I, I think a lot of the work that I do is with um, the, uh, you know, not, not to put anybody else down, but it's the top end of town, I guess. It's the, the guys that are high performing in, in either business ownership or, um, you know, looking to, and when I say that, there's, there's, people that just come to me randomly as well but on the average I'm dealing with people that are um, at a certain age and they're feeling a little disillusioned with you know um, what they're about and why they've been doing what they've been doing for so long and I usually have a very similar sort of um, theme in people being at that stage where they're looking to capture some of themselves back because for so long they've been doing what they've felt they needed to do or the right thing to do um and um yeah i am changing a lot of headspace here and the people that i'm working with and they're choosing to go in on themselves are just amazing results you know like game changing results so i'm stoked for that really happy oh that's really cool i mean and and a lot of what you talk about um within your business now how do i say it properly it's 25 8 right am i doing that right yeah yeah, yeah cool. just a, yeah, checking because yeah, I'm like, exactly right. I just wanted to make sure I was saying that correctly before I, I put my foot in it, which is not unusual. But it's, it's one of the <laughs> things that I talk a lot about in Aligned You, which is body, head and heart alignment. And if you don't have all three, if you had one of the three, sure, you're going to be better off having part of your life on the right track. But it's really the, the magic is when you're getting all three in place. And, and that certainly speaks to what you're talking about there in terms of that old school mal- mentality of, of waiting till things are broken. Um, you know, not necessarily yeah. making the connection between the importance of our, our body fitness 
how that actually connects to true health, but then how that also connects with mindset and also soul set as well. It becomes such a, a beautiful triad when we can get all three right. What, um, what actually happened that you discovered the power of breathing? And tell me more about that. How did you end up coaching high performance, whether it's athletes or, or businesses? How did that end up happening? Yeah, no worries. Um, it was one of those things, really. It was a very natural onflow from the gym and those relationships that I was having with people that I spoke about earlier. And, um, you know, I was already very much being a, a coach outside of the physical aspects of what was happening uh, with people and their drives for things. And uh, it was a very natural progression. But I was on a uh, trip to the US. Uh, I can't think of what year it was, to be honest, but quite a few years ago now. And I was in California. One of my mates owns a gym there. And he said to, I had to get to this breathwork session. He said, mate, honestly, and, uh, you know, you've got to get there. And he's um, a uh, an ex-veteran from uh, the Marine Corps over there and had quite a few troubles with um, PTSD and things like that. And had seen many conflicts and whatnot and he said you've got to get there like it's an absolute game changer and um, i wasn't going to go having my own perceptions of what i thought it could be etc and uh yeah i ended up going and it was honestly like you know if i had to look back at some sort of divine intervention in life it was 100 percent with that and um you know just had some amazing insight into where i was at the time in my life and my family and uh what i wasn't i guess and it was it was passed across to me through the breath in a really nice way, but it really hit home how much I wasn't in a space that I wanted to be. And I think sometimes when we think about those things, it's, you know, I talk to my clients a lot about what we feel like we want and what we need. And quite often we can feel like we need to be better for our worlds, but I wanted to be better for my world, you know, and I knew I wasn't turning up to that as best I could. And this insight through breath uh, in this, in this instance in LA was a game changer for me. I came home and I was, like you know it's just bringing so much of that alpha male energy home to such uh, you know and i speak about so reflect respectfully now but a, a feminine energy in the house with the kids and the creative and and the, you know the youthful stuff and i was coming in and i was just i had the gym guy hat on all the time you know i was like drop and give me 20 not literally but there was the sort of you know have you got your lunch boxes ready where's like and all these poor kids wanted was you know ultimately like you know cuddles yeah <laughs> and i just sort of wasn't bringing that energy i love them don't get me wrong and i always went in for the cuddle but you know as far as the analogy goes i was just bringing home this sort of balls to the wall type attitude and i was deeply entrenched in stress you know i really was yeah. i was a business owner that had been flat out for so long making it happen and building it and making sure it didn't fail and um i was blind to my own um how caught up I was, you know, I just was. And um, I did a lot of my work so insightful and so amazing to, to get to the bottom and no one's ever at the bottom, but uh, to the bottom of more of my stuff. And um, yeah, it's just, it's resonated more and more with people looking on, you know, the world we live in, we can post what we want to post and share and all those sorts of things. And it's just, it's a message that resonates and based on reputation as well in the gym, it's, it's developed a nice little following, which I feel very humbled and uh, honoured to work with some of the people that I do in the way that I do because it's a really personal journey and one that I don't often share with any real detail because I don't feel it's my journey to share. But it's, um, it's amazing what that style of, of coaching and that personal insight brings for people. To, it really is amazing. Oh, look, it, it can help people and assist people and co-create amazing transformation within 
different people's lives, which is very cool. For the Aligned You listeners that follow along uh, regularly, they often hear me talk about the importance of breath. It's one of the five pillars that I talk about in my integrative chiropractic practice and also within my coaching in terms of spinal health, breath, inflammation, mm. movement, and then mindset are the, the five key pillars within Aligned You. But for those of people that might be picking up the podcast for the very first time, they're crazy. It's been around for years. But if today happens to be their first day of listening to Aligned You, is that I'd love you to explain a little bit more about why breathing is important or the way that we're breathing is important. I certainly see the people that I look after in practice is more often than not, I'd say 99% of the time when people come in to see me for the first time, they're actually not breathing correctly. Uh, there's so many people that are breathing shallowly up, shallowly up into their chest and setting off their stress receptors and they're not aware of it. And, and people go often get the response of, what do you mean I'm not breathing properly? I'm breathing, aren't I? I'd love you to talk a little bit more about that to, to help some of the newer listeners of Aligned You or perhaps you'll have a different take on it than how I explain it and sometimes we just need to hear things 5% in a different way and it, and it sits all of a sudden. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think that, you know, like, and you sort of touched on a little bit there and I'll cover it really quickly is that I think it's such a, an easy, and I don't like to use the word hack, but I mean, it's such an easy hack for, for people to take advantage of that it's kind of like in the world we live in, it's people, uh, I find people, don't sort of trust that own innate ability sometimes, you know, it's like you do point out to them that their breathing's wrong. It's like, I'm still alive, mate. Like I've been breathing for 40 years. What are you telling me that for now? Yeah. You know, but you're exactly right. And statistically you're pretty much bang on. It is, it's nine out of 10 people breathe with dysfunction. So, um, you know, whether that's posturally, we're sitting poorly at the desk um, and for too long, or we're not, um, you know, working out to a point, however, that looks to, to maintain, you know, bulk or flexibility or mobility through intercostals and rib cages and things like that. And, um, you know, statistically, and it may be something you're aware, maybe not, it's actually quite a sad little fact if you think about people in your life based around this age, but statistically kids are losing the ability of the natural breath, which is that diaphragm activation around eight or nine years old. Wow. So if you start to think about that, you know, my son's eight sort of turning nine in April and, you know, it kind of gets a little bit serious in life. It's sort of like year three, year four, the, you know, Napland stuff comes in and we put all these ridiculous things on our kids and, um, you know, the, those things that you spoke about breathing high into the, to the collarbones and the chest and the traps and the scalings through the neck and all those sorts of things where, we really are steeping ourselves in stress and uh, we do lose that natural uh, ability to follow that, that diaphragmatic action in the breath and the belly rising and falling with the inhale and exhale. And um, yeah, it's sad to think that at eight, nine years old, we're putting kids in a certain position in life that they start to lose that. And it is 100% based in, in stress, you know? So um, I think for me, you know, the, the wellness in and health in in the breath is because there's a, there's amazing aspects of the breath you know that can take you deep and and journey for want of a better term if people are comfortable with that and we can have amazing insight and cathartic release and and huge insight into to whatever needs to happen for you in that space uh, and then there's the other stuff that i find is really relevant for a lot of people is just down regulation in the nervous system we're just mm. so caught up and people have no idea you know and as a coach, it's one of the first things I do is just look to scale in some form because people love numbers. They love to peg where they're at and figure it all out. I'm not so driven by it. But, you know, when we start to look at it, people sort of will tell me, you know, just how stressed out of 10 do you feel? And it's like, oh, I'm a six or a seven. I've got a bit on at the moment. Kids are back at school, whatever normally floats in for people. 
Um, we gauge it and, and, you know, I think what we're missing in life and not to get too far off track is this contrast. You know, we, we don't have a, we've kind of lost the, the, the ability to feel when it's, you know, again, analogy only, but when it's light and dark, we're kind of just in this, this middle section all the time where we kind of are so busy and so caught up that we kind of don't really know how or what happiness feels like sometimes. And then the other side of the fence is, you know, we're not really ever quite down because we just distract ourselves and we've got so much stuff on that we just are. And um, I think, you know, when we start to slow people down, they really figure out that they're probably running at like a 15 out of 10. And, um, you know, when we start to look at things like the breath, what I, I know through experience is if we start to slow physiologically, um, there's an awareness that opens up, you know, and there's there's more of an ability to see your life and how you fit inside of that and the things that happen within it. Well, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's many when things. Yeah, for sure. Well, when you when you're stuck in that imminent mind, when you're stuck in the rat race, and you actually don't even have the awareness of how stressed you mm. are and and how poorly you're adapting to stress in that given moment, having the ability to to slow down, whether that's through breath alone, whether it's actually assisting to get into a meditative state, as you're talking about journeying and things like that, so powerful. But it, what it, it really allows you to do is to transcend above what's actually going on, and seeing the flip side of the light and the dark, the contrast, the good and the bad. When you're in it, you can't see it. You've got to be yeah. able to, to literally pop up above it to be able to look back down over the umbrella of it all, right? Yeah, that's for sure. And I think the beauty of the breath is, you know, people try so hard to all go through, you know, ebbs and flows of trying to obtain some sort of insight to themselves and, you know, traditional offerings of, of maybe pranayama yoga sort of based breath or meditative style of breath is that they don't feel that they always hit it. But we know, again, via research, um, you know, anywhere between five to eight breaths per minute that we're influencing that um, parasympathetic nervous system. So we're physically quieter in, in that state. And I, I, I refer to that like a seesaw, you know, it's not, this, it's not a situation where we're going to have one side of the seesaw stacked all the time and we're just going to be in bliss but it is realistic to say, okay, well, I can feel my seesaw tipping one way or the other. Maybe I'm a little heightened. Maybe I'm a little stressed. It could be that you've got to make a presentation or as you referred to early, go on stage and you need to have tools in your tool belt to go, okay, cool. I need to chill out right now or I need to ramp up or I need to get rid of some of that excitability, um, you know, CO2 in the system, et cetera. Dump some of that to feel a little bit more in touch. But, you know, on the average, we if we can start to slow the breath and breathe um, more in line with uh, how we want to be living our life ultimately, you know, and I always say that to people, it's kind of like we want the breath to reflect. If we want to be more calm and connected, like we can't be breathing shallow and restricted and tight and, and anxious, you know, um, mm. it needs to reflect where we're at. And as I said, research tells us that between five and eight breaths a minute. So, you know, as a real basic, I take my, my clients through a five-second inhale, five-second exhale, and that's a 10-second rotation in a, in a circular breath, obviously. So you've got, you know, um, you're down at six breaths a minute. But the average person on the street is 13 to 20 breaths a minute. So you're starting to cut that in half. And, you know, at a very basic level, you've got lower blood pressure. Your heart's physically, I mean, it's the most important muscle in your body. It's, um, it's cut in half, like you, you lower blood pressures, the heart rate's lowered, and you get things like vasodilation, which is the widening of that whole circulatory system. Um, you know, if we can slow the breath 
ultimately the whole game for me is understanding that uh, we work off co2 in the body and not a requirement for oxygen you know um mm. we're breathing because we have an excess of co2 and um if we can build a tolerance to that then the uptake of oxygen so the unloading of ox oxygen out of the red blood cells and the bloodstream itself is much more effective so therefore we breathe we physically just breathe less oh, i love um, it i love it and i love yeah, that it can be as, as it is it's the, and the beauty of it is the simplicity, right? In the sense of, I get this all the time within my chiropractic practice when I start talking about brain-body connection, we start talking about the nervous system, stress adaptation, getting stuck in, in sympathetic dominance. And then when we talk about some of the ways that you can actually start correcting that, whether that's through chiropractic adjustments, whether it's through breath, other aspects of making sure that we're connected, people go, fuck, it's simple. And I go, yeah, yeah it fucking is. <laughs> yep. And they're like, why didn't anybody tell me about this earlier? Or did I, oh, I didn't realise I just had to breathe properly and I and that it was pretty fucking simple. And you go, well, it's because it's not sexy and it doesn't make a whole lot of money yeah, for pharmaceutical it. companies, right? But that's yep. probably a story for another time. One of the premises of the Aligned You, Aligned and Thriving interview series, Brady, is I'd love to hear from different people that I think are doing an awesome job at work life and play is what does your day-to-day -day look like because i've got some theories about what helps people stay aligned and be successful um in in terms of you know in that balance and that alignment um i'd love to hear about what a, a utopic day would look like for you because then we we start picking out what some of the common themes are for people what time's usual get up time for you and just explain a little bit about your home life so beautiful wife how many kids what age group so people get a feel for what you're working around Yep. Yep. Um, it's often I refer to it as a beautiful nightmare. So I'm going to start there. <laughs> um, but yeah, happily married, um, to Jess, my wife. And then I've got three kids. Um, eldest is, uh, eight, about to turn nine. Um, six years old, little Callie, um, a gorgeous little queen in the middle. And then uh, a young fella of four years old as well, Boston in the, at the end. So, um, it is chaos, you know, like it is, um, a beautiful nightmare. It's just, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of um, you know keeping up, a lot of keeping them entertained, all those sorts of things. So, you know, I often laugh, and I think it's probably maybe a timely um, mention is that I often stop. You know, if people are out there, stop pegging yourself against the the nineteen to twenty five year old Instagram, you know, person that sort of has a French bulldog instead of real things in their life. I kind of feel like sometimes I keep coming back to this common theme in coaching where people feel like they have to be living something. The reality is my life at times is an absolute scramble, you know, um, but I, I definitely hold some sort of accountability to making that time for me. And, you know, my day generally looks like I get up at about um, sort of 5.30 or thereabouts. Um, depending, I try to wake naturally. I open a window uh, halfway or the blinds halfway uh, so that the sun comes through and sort of wakes me up reasonably naturally. Um, and then generally I'll um, just walk out onto a little balcony I have. It just faces the street. So I'm sure some of the neighbours probably prefer me not to do it. But um, I'll just go out and stretch. <laughs> have you got jammies on at this yeah. point, Brady? <laughs> fully clothed, fully clothed. <laughs> Um, I'm sure if and, it was still uh, in your birthday suit from having Yeah, no, no, no. At least half covered. Um, right. So, um, yeah, and then I just do some really basic stretching. I've, I've gone from being so involved in the gym and physical aspects of my world that my body and I think my, my whole being really appreciates a 
casual approach to it you know i've dropped that rigidity out of everything and i just sort of stretch i'll stretch a bit of the hips i'll do some squats i'll you know bend from side to side for some of that alignment through the ribs and things like that that i know are important and i kind of just soak up a bit of the day that's coming up over the hill in first light and things like that and just get back inside maybe the kids are asleep still or you know and they've just gone back to school today so it was a return to lunch boxes and lunches and all that sort of stuff and um yeah generally starts with the coffee and then i'm sort of checking what needs to be done it's um you know clients or thereabouts i've just kicked off a new six-week coaching block so um getting back to emails or follow-up to sessions and things like that and uh, some of these opportunities to jump on podcasts and things are presenting themselves which i feel super blessed for and um i also write a bit as well so i've been writing for um well-being magazine as a co-contributor there and um uh, men's uh, men's set uh, which is a health sort of organization that's starting up as well so i'm doing a bit for them and um yeah feeling really quite aligned in chasing more of my passions as i've gotten older and understanding i've got a bit of a, a saying for myself and it's go slow to go fast i think i've started to appreciate aligning and going a bit slower it seems that the world comes at me at uh, at a really nice quite a fast pace but uh, all out of things that i'm loving well, that's really cool. And do you design playtime in with for yourself personally, for date time with your beautiful wife, with the kids? How does that function for you? Yeah, um, listen, I, I would be lying to say that we're not um, still at the beck and call of the business at times and um, a lot of the planning is a bit uh, patchy. You know, we have the best of intentions at times and then things will, will come in and distract us. But we're big on making sure that um, those weekends are ours and I've, we've both got sort of things in place um, that we just switch off devices, etc. I might take photos because I love photography and things like that, but I won't go to look to answer calls or messages and things like that. Um, and the parents not being too far away, it's definitely something that we try to take advantage of and, and have a night here and there for ourselves every couple of months or, you know, um, so there's no set routine. We've got Friday family night, which is always nice. It's sort of homemade pizzas and a movie. Um, and we just try to keep things ticking uh, in that way uh, quite casually. But, um, yeah, we like to have our little things, which is nice. That's nice. It sounds like whilst it's casual, it's still very conscious within within the busyness of it all. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, the kids are at a really uh, strong uh, an age where we hope that they look back with really fond memories. And if it's the Friday night pizza night or whatever, you know, we've all got those things in our life where we think, oh, that was great, or the Christmas holidays or just those things that they can look back on at a family barbecue in another 20 years and think, oh, I remember that was so nice or that was great or I remember those times. Very cool. I like it. Well, I'm so pleased that, uh, that we got a chance to catch up on today's podcast. Before we go, Brady, as I pre-warned you, because I pre-warn everybody now, I think I shocked my first <laughs> guess with, with my top five. Aligned you listeners are, are used to hearing my top five. It's all about your top five at the moment. Um, what, is, what song's playing on high rotation at the moment? Um, this was a good one. I'm very, um, it's probably in a line with me wanting to get, uh, out of Tamworth actually, but it's playlist <laughs> on Spotify the at town. the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run, <laughs> run. Um, coast to coast is a, is a playlist on Spotify. It's quite nice. I'm kind of like chilled like that. It's uh, a bit of Donovan Frankenreader, a bit of sort of, uh, yeah, those vibes. So, um, nice. that's where I'm at with that. Cool. And what have you been reading at the moment? Or what many books? Is it one book? Is it many books? What's on? What's on? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a many book guy. Yeah. Um, most most people that I talk my, to on uh, here are. 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's funny in my life with those sorts of things. I've got the best of intentions and just keep sucking information out. And then I get distracted and then I realise there's something else going on, so I'll chase that down as well. But um, one that I do have by my bedside at the moment, and it's relatively new, so I thought it was worth a mention. It's actually an interesting little read. It's something out of uh, in and around the 40s and about an army colonel that found his way into the Tibetan country. And um, But anyway, it's called The Eye of Revelation by Peter Kelder. Um, a bit of an old school one, yeah. And it mentions some of the um, traditional movements and some of the um, alignment and energy um, cycles in the body and stuff and uh, some of the practices that they go through. And it's kind of refers to that practice and that exposure of, of breath, et cetera, to sort of a fountain of youth. And, yeah, very interesting anyway, if anyone's interested, the eye of revelation. Yeah, for sure. I, I've, I've just made a very note simple and I have a feeling that it will be my next Booktopia order. Yeah, yeah. Um, what have you done over the last week to de-stress or decompress? Um, I think just what, you know, that probably referenced it, but, um, you know, we're just waking early to catch that first light. I know you're a big fan of that as well. And just that casual sort of stretch. Yeah, and I go in and... Um, I've got a couple of bands. I don't train with weights or anything anymore. I just train with bands. Uh, if anyone's not doing that or not worried or, you know, not interested in the gym, grab yourself some bands from like, you know, sports store, Kmart, whatever, because they are an absolute game changer and can replicate nearly everything that's going on. So I'll do some band work. And then I really love just the simplistic sort of things of having a coffee with Jess in the morning. We went so long nice. with not being around the house together. It's nice that we are in the house at times together. So that's always nice. That's, that's a nice one. I like that one. What about favourite quote, Brady? Um, now, this one's <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, Wait. the wrestler. I'm not a... <laughs> this I is think not he'd prefer to be called, be called an, an entertainer and an actor these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a wrestling Perhaps fan. A philosopher. I'm not, uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. But I just... Um, Oh, there could be many quotes like the brain boggles with stuff and I was going to jump on, you know, and, and sort of have a look at what I, some of the people that I do love and follow. But um, he did come to me and um, he's got a, a quote back in the day that um, he, he's known to say is all it takes is all you've got. And um, I think it's just so simple and I think the language is wraps it up for everyone, no matter your aspiration, no matter sort of how you want to use that, you know, it's kind of like, all it takes is all you've got. And if you know that you didn't sort of apply all that you had, then you've only probably got yourself to reflect on and think maybe I should have done better or, you know, I've only got myself to look back in on. So I like that one. It's uh, very simple, but uh, there's kind of nowhere to hide from it, you know? Definitely nowhere to hide. And then it's actually figuring out the, the depths of what you've got within that, which is, which is really cool. And it sounds like a lot of what you do with you on your work, certainly what I do within my work, which is, which is great fun getting to watch people transform. Mm. Any final thoughts before we love you and leave you today, Brady? Um, this one was nice too. I thought, um, I say it a lot, but I think find things that allow you to feel rather than think. Mm. Uh, I think we, we do so much of the thinking and I, um, I say just even in my three breath tips, you know, the first thing is nasal breath and activate that diaphragm and have the ability to, to feel more and think less. And I, um, yeah, if you're, if you're not feeling enough, you need to be. So switch that head off a little bit and find applications to do that or modalities to do that and allow yourself to feel into yourself more in your life. I think that's a perfect spot to leave it. Thank you so much for being on Aligned You, Brady. I'm looking forward to catching up with you soon. And Aligned listeners, Aligned You listeners, I'll try that again. That's it for this week. Bye for now and I'll catch you next time. 
And that's it for today's episode, Aligned You listeners. Remember to hit the five-star ratings and share today's episode with your friends. And be sure to join our collective on Facebook and Instagram at Aligned You. Look forward to catching you next time. The information shared on Aligned You podcast is of general nature and for information purposes only. It is not specific medical or personal advice. You should seek assistance from your healthcare practitioner for your individual circumstances. Any information provided doesn't imply endorsement or third-party devices or products and cannot provide you with health and medical advice.